1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and along with Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff, we're off to battle with the blades, no matter what that morning's chicken box tells us.
2: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Show two of the season. And I'm in buoyant mood after Correctly predicting a draw last week. Um, Unlike my two fellow presenters in Albert Curley, you went for a big old loss, didn't you?
3: I did. I was pleasantly surprised. I don't mind not, you know, getting any points in the prediction league. You know, it's it's about what happens on the day, isn't it? It's not about a silly competition.
1: um, Boyed me off for my, um, my birthday barbecue, but a person, one person who didn't is Sam Heskiff, who did come to my birthday barbecue, but still got the prediction wrong.
2: Well, half wrong. I correctly predicted that we wouldn't score.
1: This is this is very credit, true.
2: Credit where it's due, please. How desperate is that? That's <laughs> that's the comment of a loser. Please
1: pipe down. Please, please pipe down. Indeed. Um, do you think if we were still playing now, we would have scored yet? Um.
3: Uh, um
1: yeah, because they
3: had. Yeah, yeah. No, we would have. We would have. Because they'd have had a they're you know they're ten men and I know I know we're bad against playing playing against ten men. We can't be that bad. Eventually, the you know the numbers would have to count and we'd we'd make it count. Surely,
1: surely. Um, well, we're talking about doing things bad. Um, a certain Crystal Palace fan called Neil Ashton has had a pretty bad week. Um, he took to his um, rag that shall not be named uh, to <laughs> to suggest that. Mamadou Sacco had pulled a private meeting with the players to tell Zaha to buck his ideas up. Albert, um, Andros Towns then took straight to Twitter to say, the whole back page for something that categorically didn't happen. Fake news. Um, Were you expecting an apology from Neil Ashton?
3: No, I mean... Gave him the benefit of the doubt for about a couple of seconds and thought maybe Sako forgot to tell Townsend about it. So Townsend's just been left out. And it ha- it, maybe it did happen. But then Zaha chipped in as well and definitely confirmed that Neil Ashton was fake news. Yeah, um, making
1: up lies is clearly more interesting than the actual truth. Well, there you go. Mm. Shocker. Heskiv, Heskiv, when you first read it, did you think, make Mamadou sako our captain, our glorious leader? <laughs>
2: I'm a big Mamba fan, anyway. So part of me wanted to believe it, just you know, because I think it would be good for us to have that good togetherness and that sort of thing. But from what it sounds like, from from various non-Rag reports, it seems like the you know the, the team are pretty happy together anyway. So um, if there was a meeting, just in general, I'm sure it was uh, a good fun party if Mamba was involved.
1: Yeah, and um, Albert, what did you make of the reception that Wilfred Zaha got on the day? Um, uh, a couple of people I know said they heard some booze, but it was all pretty good around me.
3: Uh, well, yeah, in our in our new seats in the White Horse End, he was we're sort of to the right of the goal, not quite in the corner, but near enough to see the subs warming up. And the first I was made aware of it was when uh, my son Arthur said, "Has Wilfred Zaha changed teams?" Which made me <laughs> panic initially. I thought maybe i missed something in a bit of a Rumpelstiltskin moment. But he was just referring to the fact that Zaha, he said he's wearing a different colour top and he was referring to his subs bench. So after that initial panic, I sort of looked down and saw he was warming up. And yeah, I didn't hear any boos. It was all, it's all claps. You know, I won't call it a standing ovation, but plenty of people sort of stood up and showed their appreciation and he seemed to, you know, reciprocate. Um, Yeah, I didn't hear any booing. I'd have been very disappointed, had I. But luckily, that didn't happen.
1: Indeed. Um, Heskiff, on, on Sunday supplement, which Neil Ashton presents on Sky TV on a Sunday morning, um, I'm, <laughs> I tweeted a picture um, mocking up a back page of the Townsend tweet and him holding it up like a newspaper. Do you um, <laughs> do you think he'll pay any sort of heed towards it or do you think he'll just ignore it completely?
2: Yeah, I think he's going to um, act in the way that, that uh, Sky presenter did when it turned out that all of his stories over the summer were a load of old bollocks, um, <laughs> I think it's called. Um, yeah, you know, these, yeah, I'm sure these people get paid to, to fill pages, don't they? So if it's a load of old rubbish, let's brush it off and, and get on with their next live, probably. Um, I'm sure if they talk about Wilf, they'll continue on with the he wants to leave, where should he go?
1: Um, but yeah, I'm
2: sure he doesn't care whether, whether we think he's a bit of a plum or not.
1: Sky yes, were pretty funny that the one uh, sort of transfer story that that guy did get right, they kept hammering it home that like, you know, the the one that he got right, blah, 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 to make it sound like you know, giving back some credibility. But alas, it wasn't there. Um, talking of credibility, the government's kind of lost it, particularly in South London today, as um, they've released a story saying that Morley's chicken boxes will have um, knife-free ch- stories written on them or something or the other albert um (laughs) how do you feel about knife-free morley's chicken boxes
3: i'll be honest i've i've not experienced a i don't mean i don't know if i were pro knife before but i haven't experienced a morley's chicken box with or without a message on it um when i first saw it i did think it was an article from like the daily mash or the onion or something because it is so beyond the pale but it turns out that someone's thought that's a genuine good idea. Um, and it just, you know, it takes all sort of connotations as well, you know, like why are you targeting chicken shops? Mm. Uh it's it's a bit it's it's yeah, I mean, but it's the world we live in, isn't it? It's just mental.
1: Yeah. you can imagine the the meeting room where they brainstormed this Heskiff, um, Yes, yes, Tarquin. That's a fantastic idea. That kind of thing there. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to get through to the youth through the chicken boxes.
3: Somebody definitely would have suggested get in touch with the colonel, thinking <laughs> it's thinking he is a real authority figure. Um, <laughs> alas,
1: yeah, but well, Haskey, you know, you're a Stratton boy. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- this this is clearly cutting to the the core of the problem, isn't it?
2: Oh yeah, I'm sure knife crime is going to absolutely uh, disappear. Um, now that a chicken box has has informed people what to do Um, but like like Albert said before we started recording the idea of eating fried chicken with a knife and fork is so alien to us anyway that um, I think maybe uh, back to the drawing board
1: on that one. (laughs) Indeed Um, but in other news Crystal Palace have finally become a London living wage employer of course this isn't a legal requirement but um, a lot of Independent research has been done to show that this is how much you need to live in London, and it's good news that Palace have finally got on board with that. Um, Albert, will you be giving up a life in the movies now to um, earn the big bucks working behind the bar in a in a homes now? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I mean I'm in Hertfordshire, so you know I know a lot of Watford fans will try and tell you it's a London club. I can assure you, even though we are on the London overground. This ain't London. So I feel I'm a bit detached.
1: <laughs> and Heskiff, university life or or is it the um, pouring a palace ale for everyone in the club?
2: Well, as much as I hate to piss on more palace parades, uh, most universities do have a London allowance. So I'm already the beneficiary of it myself. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that Palace have finally got round to offering the London living wage. It's a long time coming. And going by some of the rants they get from uh our mate Miserable Dave after the game, I think uh the more money they get paid the better, to be honest.
1: Mm. And talking of um the movies, what what are you working on at the moment, Albert? People people love to hear it. Of you got is it an NDA or are you allowed
3: to say? I was gonna say, yes, yeah, it's a it's a little film called non-disclosure agreement. Um <laughs> Is it an adult movie? Uh, what, as in Sexy Times? That's exactly what I mean. No, no, it's not one of those, but I am available um, <laughs> if anybody is interested in that sort of thing.
1: As as an actor or as an art director?
3: Just as, yeah, as an art director. So, you know, I can dress in, I don't know, the, the props, not dress them in, that'd be performing, wouldn't it? Um, You know, I can scatter the cushions that's again if, anything i say now it's just gonna sound rude if anyone's interested in one of these um art nouveau films of albert's
2: please do send us a voice message on the whatsapp with an audition <laughs> and we'll uh, get back to you
1: <laughs> um somebody I, I, do, oh, go on
3: no i'm just gonna say i i don't do the costumes i can't do costumes so you'd have to find someone else to do the pearl necklaces
1: <laughs> how would you, how would you set up the bed
3: Uh, pretty much like my own, just unmade (laughs) one, one corner of the sheet, just off a little bit. Um, and probably, you know, and a good supply of, you know, a decent absorbent kitchen roll or tissues, um, (laughs) within arm's reach.
1: Hmm. This has gone downhill. Uh, one person who looks like he could, um. You know, probably, probably starring one of those adult films is Alex Sawlock. I mean, very good looking man, big jaw, scoring goals for fun in Turkey, Albert. Um, scored again tonight, a powering header um, in the Europa League or Champions League qualifier. Must be Europa League qualifier tonight. Um, do, you, do you think we've made a mistake letting him go? Uh,
3: no, no, <laughs> we haven't. Good luck to him. Um, you know, if Turkey want to take him on, Good luck to Turkey.
1: Mm, Heskif, uh it, the goal came from, you know, this elusive thing across a into the box, uh, which is obviously playing to his strengths, uh, would probably be playing to Ben Teke's strengths as well. But um, Andros Townsend last week said in a video clip talking about fantasy football that um, we're a crossing team. So that's why he's got Ben Teke and his team, because we'll create loads of chances for him. Uh, we obviously debunked this myth and said, you know, we were the worst crossing team in the league last season. Uh, Did you see any signs against Everton that this is about to change? Well, not really. I don't want to go against
2: Andros, much as I love him and call him a liar. But I did think at the time when he said we were a crossing team, it was a bit an odd thing to say. Um, And I'm not Mr. Stat. I'm not heavily reliant on numbers. I don't sort of look into it, but I'd be very surprised if we were in the Champions League places for crossing the ball. Um,
1: <laughs> because, yeah, it seemed like more of the same. Yeah, it did indeed. Um, but talking of Andrus Townsend, uh, do you think he's given Carl Walker the number, Hesketh? Um I don't know if, you, if you've <laughs> okay, seen this I, thing. I,
2: I honestly said the exact same thing to my wife um, when uh, was, whatever the Man City game was on, uh, I think it was West Ham, wasn't it? In fact, it was at your house, uh, oh, yeah. where Albert uh, mysteriously wasn't. Um yeah, I said at the time that he looked like he'd been to Andros's um plug man. I don't know what to call him. <laughs>
1: uh it's it's sort of yeah, plug plug man, probably hair plug man. I don't know. But yeah, he's definitely um in the initial stages of the treatment, uh finning a bit on top there. So um
3: Andros, if you're listening, do please send us the number in a WhatsApp voice note because I'm I'm considering it. <laughs>
1: Uh, My sister actually saw Andros Townsend the other day, but in a very um, sort of family-esque environment. I won't say what it was because it was somewhere, which is a bit personal and private, but um, I was like, oh my God, did you say hello? And she was like, no, it was a very inappropriate time to say hello to Andros Townsend. So I'll leave you all thinking about what that could possibly be over the break. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to be building you up to Sheffield United.
0: Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. (laughs) www.backofthenest.com
1: Yes, so after a good point against Everton, we travel to newly promoted Sheffield United. Now, um, Albert, Roy does all right against the newly promoted teams. Uh, Last season, four wins, one draw, one defeat. Uh, Are you going into this game with some positivity?
3: uh oh it's the, the the common trapping isn't it oh it's a newly promoted side easy game bang 3-0 away loss um <laughs> i don't know i, I mean listen i said so i was very pleasantly surprised uh, uh the sort of performance that we put in on saturday so yeah i'm going to i'm going to remain upbeat and say i'm you know going to ride that wave and hopefully see an even bigger improvement and s- stick a couple in the net
1: yeah, so you talk about um, being pleasantly surprised against against Everton. Um, do you do you see it sort of being a similar kind of lineup? Um, you know, don't broke what isn't don't broke what isn't fixed. <laughs> <I> bought, don't
3: <laughs> broke what isn't fixed. Catchy that
1: that that famous saying. Yes, um, but don't fix what is broken. You know, we're gonna you know we're gonna rely a lot, I think, on a solid defense this season with the with a lack of goals up front. So just see that it's other players' places to win in the team? Or do you think there'll be a bit of a shake-up?
3: Ne- Listen, I never thought... I, I'm i not saying we should, but I never thought I would sit here and contemplate leaving Wilfred Zahar on the bench for Jordan Aiyu. Uh I thought Jordan Ayew was fantastic on, on Saturday and was definitely, for me, our man of the match. Um, it would seem harsh to drop him, but when you look at who you'd be dropping him for... It's also completely understandable. So I guess Roy's got to, you know, if, if all the talk about Wilf's you know, head not being quite right, I mean he came on and, and did perfectly well on Saturday, you know, Roy's gotta make that call if he thinks that is he in a position to start a game. And if he is, fantastic. That's obviously that's great news for everybody at Palace. But, you know, you could take comfort from the fact that if he's not, then Jordan Io looked perfectly comfortable in that position. Um, you know, what is arguably a, a against a stronger opposition. So um, I wouldn't want to change it up too much. Um, and Zaha is the only change that I probably would consider making.
1: Yeah. It, uh, Heskiff, it's a weird one, is it? Because I do feel, especially after the first 20 minutes against Everton, that things really started to click in place. And arguably a lot of people have said it. Um, we fell off a bit when Zaha did replace IU.
2: Yeah, I think, I think certainly, um, for the first half of the second half we we really looked good um and i think ayu was a massive part of that you know he he was good in the first half anyway but he really um gave us an outlet which is not something that i thought i would say of him he held the ball up well he ran well um and allowed ben teke to do to do a bit more as well the onus wasn't just on christian to you know lead the line and be the man that does everything so when wilf came on it was almost like do we just go back to giving it to him um, you know what what should the plan be, but I agree with Albert. I think it would be incredibly harsh on on i u to be dropped, but I think playing against a newly promoted team and this is not patronizing whatsoever, but I know that they like to push forward um sheffield united as well they 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 do play on the front foot, and I think if you've got you know a link up between Meyer and Wilf on the pitch, especially if they are pushing forward and we can get behind them, I think that that's too good an opportunity not to not to go with myself. Um you'd like to think that Wilf against Sheffield United rather than against Everton, especially with there was all the talk about him joining them or or not joining them. Um you'd think that he would really excel against Sheffield United. So it is really harsh on you and and he was also my man of the match on Saturday. But <clears throat> uh I wouldn't be Surprised if if that's a change that Roy made.
1: You talked about Ben Seke leading the line there, Albert. You um, how do you think he did in the game? He obviously was very frustrated to get substituted with um, about just just under ten minutes left. Probably felt like there was maybe a goal in the game for him. But you, how do you think he did? Just all over all, all over in the eighty two minutes he did play.
3: Uh, this is oh, this is you've really touched a nerve here because you've reminded me that I I thought he did very well. Excuse me, with what he was, you know, with the hand that he was dealt with. Um, it's, I mean, it's the same old story. Service wasn't amazingly great. Um, anything that was pumped up to him that was in a, uh, a reasonable sort of radius for him to get on, he sort of got to. I thought he actually looked way more mobile than he has. I'm not saying he was running rings around people like Messi or Zaha but he looked way more mobile when there was a couple of opportunities where, you know, he was he was really sort of sort of running at the defence and, and trying to cut and get a shot away. Um, however, uh, and going on a bit of a tangent, it t- I think it took all of about two and a half minutes for somebody to pump the ball up to him and, you know, no, nowhere near him. And for Benteke to, again, doing the best he could to look like he's going to try and win it. And he's nowhere near it and, and through no fault of his own and yeah, I mean, it wasn't just one or two people. There was a good number of people going, "Oh, you know, same old Benteke, useless donkey, useless." Which I find absolutely infuriating. And I again, outside outside of probably um, the aforementioned, are you and and Mayor up until his booking, I thought Benteke was our best player with, with with what he got. He he did perfectly well. There's a couple of balls that went into the box that were sort of behind him. Um, Again, you know, he's not in control of where the ball goes. You could maybe say he should anticipate where it's going to go, but I thought he did perfectly well. And yeah, stick him in again on Saturday, and I, I, I hope, I hope it's the start of an upward trajectory because I thought he, I thought he looked a lot fitter and a lot more mobile.
1: Yeah, we talked about that last week about how there's just certain fans that just absolutely want him to foul at all costs, um, and that is a bit sad. But yeah, I thought he battled well, um, won a lot of headers. Uh, He's just, you know, brilliant in the air in that sense. And you wonder why we don't play to his strengths a little bit more. But um, as we touch on it a bit further up, hopefully that we'll play to his strengths a little bit more this season. But um, that obviously remains to be seen. Now, uh, Sheffield United, as you said, Heskiff, like to play on the front foot. And they've said they're going to continue to do that this season. Now, the last team that said they were going to do that uh, was Huddersfield a couple of seasons when they came up a couple of seasons ago and uh, they stuffed us 3 0 at Celest. Um It's difficult seeing a newly promoted side doing that to a Roy Hodgson team, though, isn't it, Haskiff?
2: Oh, God, that's tempting fate, isn't it? Um, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're a lot better organised, unsurprisingly, than we were when we played three at the back with Gyro and Fossumensa. Um, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, we're obviously a lot, a lot more organised and I think. Um, we'll probably deal with them quite well Um, I don't want to say I don't want to tempt fate because this is where we get hammered and I look like an idiot but we're quite a dogged team at the back and I think even though you know I think that Scott Dan's you know his legs are probably gone um, he coped all right um, against Everton and I thought Martin Kelly was really good as well actually Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoping it's not another 3-0 Huddersfield debacle. But I think at the same time, Chris Wilder is a pretty good manager. um, And I think he's got Sheffield United to a place that no one would have expected a few years ago when he took over. So they're not going to, you know, it's not going to be an easy game. And I think especially first home game back at Bramall Lane, I'm sure the first 15, 20 minutes are going to be really loud. They're going to obviously have sold out. and I think that obviously the longer that we can keep them at bay, I know it's cliche to say it, but the longer that we can keep them at bay and, and keep their fans um, from having anything to celebrate, much better for us. Um, you know. And I think if if we nicked an early goal, say, um, and they had to come out even more, then you would think that would play into our hands uh, even more.
1: Um, I think back to last season, opening day, when we won 2-0 at Fulham, Albert, and I remember saying back then. I think it's it's going to be a harsh Premier League lesson for the newcomers. Um, what do you reckon? Do you reckon that could be the same deal for Sheffield United, or do you, do you think they're a different kettle of fish to Fulham, having you know kept them a large majority of their squad together, and um, you know they're all still players that were there last season and really want to do well for the club?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree. The, the whole Fulham debacle blowing. Hundred million plus, and almost you know, completely changing the the personnel and the sort of almost the style of the club it was almost the writing on the wall for them from day one. And I think it's you know it's refreshing to see a club like Sheffield United come up almost out of nowhere. Obviously, that you know they've been up in the upper echelons before, come out of nowhere and and kind of stick to their guns. And whether it works or not, obviously, remains to be seen. But um, you know they play this sort of quite revolutionary. To be honest, I can't really get my head around it. There's sort of three at the back and the centre-halves all of a sudden are in the midfield and then sometimes they're out wide and up front, um, which always makes me a bit, you know, slightly nervous. Any, it seems to be, whoever's in charge at Palace, any time we come up against what I might call a uh, slightly, you know, new uh, sort of forward-thinking formation, we do tend to look a bit lost. And, you know, the Huddersfield result, which you've alluded to a few couple of seasons ago, you know, really was sort of the, the epitome of that. So I'd like to think that our quality might, you know, our quality may be sort of tied in with, I'm not going to use the word naive because that's almost disrespectful, but they're kind of, you know, their early season enthusiasm, you know, really still trying to stick to that ethos. I'd like to think that we can maybe take advantage of that potentially on the break, especially if we do make the change for Zaha and get a bit of pace in the team. Um, However, it is really not the most unpalaced thing to come unstuck in a fixture like that, especially on the telly.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking that we're not. I, I haven't checked the record, but I'm I'm sure our record on TV isn't great since we got promoted to the Premier League um, back in 2013. Um, yeah, we'll we'll crunch the numbers for that one next week. But I'm pretty sure we we're likely to have lost a lot more than we've won for sure. Um, I can think of like. A couple in the first season maybe but outside of that um Leicester but we always beat Leicester and other than that you know it's a lot of disappointing results um Heske, if they're gonna have to get through our back line uh to beat us um and it was very solid on the weekend um and the one time that Everton really did get through um outside of the Sigurds and Miss Guaita was there to make the one big save which we're starting to come from to expect from him really which is um a big positive. Um, Martin Kelly, I thought, had a fantastic game against Everton, and his five-year anniversary has just come up. Um, do you see it as he's, you know, Gary Cahill, Tompkins, Sacco? Are they coming straight back in the team when they when they're fit and ready, or, or does Martin Kelly is Martin Kelly putting together the sort of performances that would allow him to keep his place?
3: I think
2: at the moment, yeah, you've got to say that he should keep his place. I think the of the two centre halves. If you were to say, well, we're going to bring Sacco or, or Cahill in, I think it'd be Dan that would that would miss out. As I said, like i you know, I've been a big fan of his for ages, Scott Dan, but I think his he's just looking quite slow. And I know that he was never a particularly fast defender, but he he really does look quite cumbersome sometimes. Um, whereas Kell's, yeah, he he looks he looks very solid. I think he, you know, he's he's the epitome of a professional. I'm sure everyone thinks it. He doesn't moan when he's not playing. He trains hard, does well when he comes in, uh, and I think we we can see clearly now that centre half is his position rather than fullback. Um, so yeah, I think he I think he was very good. I think he was our best defender against Everton. Um, didn't really put a foot wrong, uh, and like you say, the only the only real chance that they had um, other other than Sigurdsson miss was was that save that Quater made, which was absolutely unbelievable save um or you
1: like ice hockey it was very very ice hockey-esque
2: it was it was make yourself big the butterfly position it's called
3: um didn't punch anybody at home. isn't that so, a dance
1: isn't a butterfly a dance is this to, just, maybe, you can do that a jungle music
3: maybe in
2: one of albert's films i'm not, I'm not sure um uh, but what i did like about Great as he made the save and then he was straight back up to punch the punch the ball away which is you know that sort of dominating the box that you want from your goalie so yeah, I think the defence the f- defence looks solid. Obviously we're going to we're going to miss um Wamba going forward because uh, he was getting he was getting better and better as as we've discussed on the show. Um but yeah, I think I think we've we've got a fairly solid defence there considering arguably the two centre halves are not, you know, first or second choice really. Um I think we should be quite happy, but um yeah, Kells of the two is is certainly the one who who should keep
1: his place, I reckon. Yeah, you talk about that. We did see it, I thought it was a place we were lacking on the weekend, getting our full-backs forward. Um, Albert, do you think that was because one has gone and Joel Walls, uh, he's obviously not as good a player, but we know he can get forward to some extent. Um, was it more the way Everton played and with the likes of Coleman you know, bombing forward and stuff like that, that they kind of subdued our full-backs a bit?
3: Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to remember a time pre Wambasaka at right back, um, even though it was only very brief. But you know, again, shout out to Joe Ward. I thought he was very disciplined. Whether it was through instruction or sort of how the game developed, I thought Joe Ward was particularly look particularly comfortable and 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 seemed like he you know he slotted right back in. Obviously, he's not Wambasaka. He knows that. We all know that. And I'm not going to use it as a stick to beat him with. But there's there's nothing I saw on Saturday to think oh. Christ, we're back to Joe Ward. Oh. Van Arnold on the other side wasn't as convincing. Obviously, a bit more promise going forward, but again, a bit of couple of wobbly moments at the back. Um, but the whole back four looked pretty solid. Um, and I you know, Everton should on paper pose a bigger threat than Sheffield United. Um, so if they were comfortable on Saturday, you know there's no reason why they can't look as comfortable if not more on Saturday and, and, may, and maybe, um, sorry, Sunday and maybe maybe go a bit more adventurous in the fullback position but whether that's how Roy sees it remains to be seen. Mm,
1: so talking about Wan-Bissaka he obviously made his debut for Manchester United um, in the league in that 4-0 um, four, win against Chelsea I don't think anyone really saw that one coming um, they talked a lot on Sky about uh, you know him going forward and they are talking about the pressure on can he handle it and is he good enough going forward and so on even though he was um you know the defender with the most take-ons in the top five leagues in Europe last season so I'm, I'm pretty sure that means he can go forward and putting a couple of brilliant balls in that game as well but in commenting on this on Twitter I've got a couple of fans um coming up me being like I don't care now he plays for may United um, is this a sentiment you share, Hesk? I know we're not big United fans, obviously none of us like Manchester United, particularly not Albert, having to having married one. Um, but <laughs> is 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 it a case of now you just cut him and let him go, or is it how I feel that you know he he's going to continue to represent us for the rest of his career because he come from our academy?
2: Ooh, I yeah, I'm not sure. So obviously, when he was with us. Um, loved him, think he's a fantastic player, absolutely still think he's a fantastic player and deserves to play for uh, one of the top clubs, which despite their sort of wobbles of late, you would say obviously Manchester United still are. Um, I just hate Manchester United. So it's not that I like, it doesn't negate what he did for us as a Palace player because even though it was only a year and a half-ish um, we all saw what a fantastic player he was, and we were banging on about him on here and to each other in the pub, and you know everyone loved him. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really care to be honest. I don't, I don't. I suppose if he does well, then it will have more people talking about Manchester United's Wan Bissaka, and that's already winding me up a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's it's only Twitter and and all the rest of it, but um, people saying, oh, it's, oh. I, Wembasa is such a good player, but like I know, I know he's such a good player. And in fact, the day that he, um, the day that he signed for for Man United, me and Vanessa were on the the train going into town, and there were two Man United fans, I guess, banging on about how how good he was going to be. They're like, oh my god, I can't wait to see him live. And I'm just thinking, you've got South London accents, so if you went to see your local team, you'd see how good he is live, and you should pipe down. Um, so look, yeah, he, he's going to do well for him because he's a quality player, um, and I'll probably have a little moan when you know the next time I see him getting England squad or something, even though I don't really care about that either. <laughs> um, it, it it riles me a little bit, but whatever. I, I'm not desperately angry. I'm not. I'm not going to go after him and call him names and say I hope he breaks his leg or anything like that. Um, I'll just let him get on with earning hundreds
3: of thousands of pounds, kicking the football about.
1: Albert, have you bought the Mrs. uh one Bersacker shirt?
3: Cool, no, not when it's a pound a letter. Christ,
1: <laughs> it's not. No, any- nothing... It's not anymore, is it? It used to, it used to be seventy-five p a letter and one pound fifty a number. I seem to remember at um, at the club shop at Palace all the way back when I was a teenager. It was
3: when uh, you were getting your Wickham shirt and your.
1: No, no way before then. But I'm talking more about you know. I can't get Herman Heroderson on the back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're probably the one person that did want it on the back. Um, no, that was nothing that happened on Saturday. It was about halfway through the game, and I mean, he, he was only four. He's now five. He was was five this week. Happy birthday, Arthur! He 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 did turn around and ask, "Where's Wan Bissaka?" Which kind of made my lip wobble a little bit. You know, he, he didn't he didn't read the transfer news over the summer, my boy. Um, but yeah, watch watched the yeah watched the game on Sunday, obviously, because I live with one of them. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's. He he was he was no better for them than he was for us, and he was exceptional for us, and he's going to be exceptional for them. I don't subscribe to the oh he's dead to me, you know, like, a bit like self terror You know, I want to see I want to see him do well. Um, he wasn't with us very long, and he shone very brightly. And I, I think I think the thing that comes out of it is there's a lot of people still sort of repeating the oh we sold him on the cheap sort of line. It's mainly on Twitter. Which I, you know, I just can't get on board with. We we sold a player who played under fifty games for us for fifty million quid. You no, know, was it a, re- a record for a, for a, some sort of record for that? You know, for a fullback who'd played that many games or whatever. And that's a fantastic deal. We, we we drove a hard bargain. We got a fair chunk of money, and that's made it easier for us to sort of swat away these the Zaha bids. Um, one th- one thing I did notice, and again I'm not going to have a go at him because he's you know he, ca- he came out when the move was announced that he's a, a boyhood United fan, you know when when United scored any of their four goals, I, I sort of felt that you know I've never really felt like I've seen Wan Bissaka smile um, in any scenario um, at Palace, and you know his face his face was illuminated when United were obviously. Banging Chelsea for four. Um that hurt a little bit, but you know, again, if he's a United fan, he's a United fan. And I, I I wish him all the success. And he he will be in an England shirt in the not too distant future. It'll be between him and Trent Alexander Arnold. And for my money, I think I think Wan-Bissaka eventually will win that race and make that place his own.
1: Mm, yeah, when you said that I saw your tweet about the smiling and um, I immediately thought no actually uh, there was a big beaming smile on his face when he was celebrating with Townsend when he scored that volley but then I thought but that was against Manchester City maybe he just hates City because he's a United fan so there you go (laughs) so who knows um, but yeah, for me, I, I say I think he's going to represent our academy. Um, he's going to be a beacon for all those kids in the academy to you know, this is what could be. Um, we could get that get into Palace, star here, get a big move to a big club, and um, you know, that's fundamentally what we're all about. Um, I don't expect us to be a team challenging at the top of the league, uh, as nice as that would be for a few seasons or something like that. But you know, we, we've always wanted to be a team that brings through a bloods our own talent and. Hopefully now we can get back towards that and um maybe a good place for it to start is in the League Cup where we should touch on the news there that we've drawn Colchester at home in the League Cup. Um ask you if few youngsters in and let's try and get them some game time or um chance of a cup run. You know, Colchester should be an easy an easy win at home.
2: Oh, does Roy ever want a cup run? <laughs> um I I think yeah, if you mix a few of the youngsters in and put in, you know, maybe Camarasa and McCarthy and Cahill probably from the start to get them up because I know they played that for the reserves or the under 23s whatever. Um, so that might be a good a good place to play him and yeah, it'd be good to see some of the some of the youth players who uh, who, who came on pre season tour as well get involved. Um, other than Luke Dreyer, who unfortunately seems to have had another serious injury. Um, which is a big blow because I think he was the one that you know people were really expecting to push on and got got his debut against Bournemouth last year, didn't he? Yeah. And this would be just a sort of game that you would think you could bring Dreyer in and see if he can uh, sort of run the game, but yeah, it sounds like it's an ACL, so um, another season lost.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's a weird one as well with that because you know it, twice now he's been on the cusp of breaking into the first team, getting on the bench, etc., and he's an injury stops him in his tracks. But, you know, it's very difficult now. We've got a lot of central midfielders in our team and, you know, Nia Kirby and Luke Dreyer are probably the two that are closest to first team places. And, um, they've kind of now been pushed out and, uh, I think it's going to have to be another loan deal for Nia Kirby, but maybe he'll get some minutes in the Colchester game before he heads off undoubtedly somewhere because, you know, with McCarthy coming in and Kamarasa coming in, it's difficult to see how he gets in, but,
3: I just wanted to pull Sam up. He said ACL, another season lost, and that's that's wrong. It doesn't stand for that. <laughs> and you work in education.
2: I don't teach, in my defence.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, that game's coming up in a couple of weeks, and that will be, um, I think it's 15 quid in advance. Uh, kids go free as well with an adult ticket, so... Um... Probably not the most competitive prices, but you know, nonetheless, try and get as many people down there as possible. Get your kids down there if they're um, still on school holidays, and hopefully um, see the next Aaron wan or someone like that in action. Right, it's, all that's left is predictions. Uh, right, I'll, so I said one all last week. Uh, Heskif, you said two nil to Everton, and, and I think Albert, uh, you said three one. So um I'm steaming ahead into an early lead there, so I'll, I'll take I'll take the one point. What's it gonna be this week,
3: Albert? Uh oh, I think we're gonna nick it two one. And who's getting on the score sheet? Uh for us it will be mm, I'm 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 really, really, really doubling down here. Christian Benteke is gonna score two. Whoosh.
2: Yeah, I was going to go 2-1 as well, but I'll change it because Albert's taking it. Um, Maybe it's because I've just moved into a new house and I'm feeling like everything's coming up roses. 3-1 Palace. And I reckon Luca Wilf, Benteke.
1: Okay, I'm going to go for a win as well. Um, Look at this. It's not very often this happens, but I'm going for a 1-0 Palace. And um, I think it will be a Luka Milivojevic penalty. And uh, wow, yeah, three three wins. Um, sorry, listeners, that probably shoo, shoo, in, shoo in for a defeat now. Right, we'll be back after this.
0: Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast. <laughs> www.backofthenest.com.
1: Okay, we're joined to a close. Um, Samantha in the background, thank you so much for producing for us. Um, Albert, thank you for for joining the team again this week. Um, late arrivals from work and all that, you know, it's a busy life for you. What do you mean joining the team?
3: I am the team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we let you think, mate.
3: You do a very good job of it. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> and Sam Heskiff congratulations on the new place, sir. And um, you sound sa- you sound beautiful from from your new surroundings. Oh
2: wow! Thanks very much. I'm sat on the floor.
1: And um, what's what's the journey for you like to Sheffield on the weekend? Is it car or train? It's train. Cool. Nine thirty in the morning we leave. Wowzers! That's um, that's early. What um, what's the pre-match activities looking like? Yeah, peace. Hey, lads, 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 and and Vanessa and Anna and anyone else.
2: Uh, is Dave a lad? Not really. This is quite an in joke. Dave isn't a lad, so we'll we'll add Dave in.
1: <laughs> and um, Albert on the other side of the coin, watching on TV, I imagine.
3: Yeah, watching on TV somewhere in Reading, probably.
1: Well, oh, you should link up with Hambo.
3: Oh yeah, I should.
1: Probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh,
3: he, he'll hear this, won't he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bell me up, Hambo. A, a
1: bit like you'd come to my barbecue. Um, well, anyway, look, I'll be in Sheffield. Hesketh will be in Sheffield. If you see us around, come and say hi. Um, yeah, and ash a lot. We'll be back next week. Listen to the review show on Sunday. And until next week, up the Palace.